Happy Sunday, everybody. Murphy Houston on Mile High Magazine. Hope you're having a great day, and we're glad you're here to spend some time with us to talk to some interesting guests. And this one is, well, he's a strange guest, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. John Torres from NBC News, formerly with Nine News and good friend for a long time. John, how are you? I'm doing Murphy. How are you doing? Well, we're doing all right. I you. I like my strange friend Murphy. Yeah, well, you know, we've we started some couple of radio shows together and haven't run us out of the country yet, so I guess we're doing okay. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Well, how are you doing? Are you are you here in Monument area? Are you in New York? What's going on? No, I'm still here in Monument area. Supposed to go back to New York this month, but this is, I believe, the third iteration of keep pushing the return to office day back. And now they basically said, well, let's not give a date. Let's just see what happens because this pandemic and you and I have talked about this for as much as we want to try and predict things, it's been fairly unpredictable. This Omicron snuck up on everybody. We knew something was going to happen, but not to this extent. And now we're talking, you know, a million cases a day. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. In fact, I was just reading this morning before I called you, 11,000 cases a day testing positive just here in Colorado. Yeah, it's impressive. And it just shows you just how contagious this variant is. You know, if, you know, like most viruses, there's two sides to the coin here. And one of them it is very contagious. This is the most contagious variant we've seen here so far. And it's heading towards, you know, almost measles territory. Not quite, because measles is still by far the most contagious virus we have out there. But... It's just showing you. And, and the thing people are hearing is this is right now at the stage where everybody kind of knows somebody who has it. And everybody fairly knows somebody who has it, who was fully vaccinated and got a booster shot. But when you talk to them, they also say the same thing. Oh, yeah, but they're doing fine. And yeah. that shows you how well the vaccines are protecting them from what's most concerning is that serious illness, hospitalizations and deaths. Well, it, it is a little scary, this Omicron for sure. And I was talking to John before we started talking to you guys. My son had it over Christmas, and John, uh, he had all the shots. He wears a mask. He works from home. He's very careful. But he really, he said he was sicker this time than the first time he had it a year ago. And, you know, so he had COVID. He had all the shots. He had a booster. Right. And so he was as vaccinated and protected as he could be, and he still got it. Still got and he it. he got sick, but he's he recovered from it. Yeah, he's he did. Doing well. Yeah, he's doing great. And, and and I think that's one thing that people, when they look at the vaccines, especially the people that aren't into the vaccines and are against the vaccines, they look at it and they say, well, it didn't protect him from getting sick. What it protected him from is getting sick and dying from it, which is the important part. Yes. You know, he recovered. He's doing well. And that's what the vaccines are made for. There's no vaccine that's going to protect you 100% from getting the disease. It protects you from getting sick because of the disease or getting too sick getting hospitalized or dying, and that's what it did. It did its job, which is fantastic. So do you see hospitalizations going up, though, with it at all? Yeah, well, hospital. So, and this is the tricky part. So hospitalization rates are not going up, but hospitalization numbers are going up. That's because if you remember uh, last summer or last January, we were talking about 300,000 cases a day. And, oh, my gosh, this is unprecedented. We've never seen this many cases. We, you know, this is overwhelming the hospitals. And it was at that point. But now we're three times that number of cases. And so even though the rate might only be half of the rate of hospitalizations, it's still going to be higher just because the numbers are so high. Everybody is getting this thing. And, and there's a variety of reasons. You know, vaccination rates are still not where we want them to be. Masking, people are getting tired of masking. They're not always masking. We're also finding out that maybe we need a, a big, better mask at this point when we're out and about just to make sure or at least double mask. 
Um, and so it, it is breaking through a lot more than we thought it would. But again, even those breakthroughs, the vast majority of them, when you talk to doctors working in the hospital, they're saying, you know, pretty much the vast majority are unvaccinated and the vast majority of those are getting sick. And so it's you know showing you again, the vaccines work. Yeah, well, they do work. And it seems like the pro- problem, well, the seniors, and I'm one of those people, the seniors seem to really be taking care of themselves, even though aren't most of the deaths still from seniors involved with COVID? Uh, they are. And that's, the reason behind that is because even though the vaccines work well, the vaccines are only going to work as well as your immune system works. And as you get older, especially you get 75 and above, your immune system doesn't work as well. And so once you get to that 75, 80 stage, that's when the, even though you're fully vaccinated, your immune system isn't as strong as it was when you were 20. And so it can break through and cause that serious illness. And that's what I keep talking about. You know, do, do seniors, do those with immune system issues need even more shots, more of a booster? And so they, they keep looking at that and they haven't really come up with an answer yet. That's kind of scary. But I do want to back up a minute because we just had this discussion here at the radio station about the mask situation, not wearing it. They we all agree we got to wear it. But the ones we typically wear, those kind of paper blue things you see a lot of people wearing. And as you just mentioned, maybe they're not as effective. Maybe we need to step up to what is that, a K95 type mask? So that, so here's the, the deal. And here's what I tell people all the time. Wearing a mask by far is better than not wearing a mask, regardless of what kind of mask it is. But there's degrees of protection. On the low end of the protection are the cloth masks, and they have to be two or three layers cloth masks, and that gives you a fairly decent amount of protection, but it mostly protects other people from you. It doesn't protect you as well from other people. And so then stepping it up a bit, the next level of protection are those surgical masks, the blue or black ones that people wear all the time. Right. Uh, And those do great because they are triple layered, and the middle layer is what's called blown polyethylene. So it's basically, um, sorry, polypropylene. So it basically has kind of a static electricity that can trap the viruses. The problem with those surgical masks is they don't fit very well because they're rectangular, so there's big gaps on the side. There's different techniques for looping and stuff. But one of the easiest things you can do is just put a cloth mask on top of it. And then you can still be decorative and, you know, go out there, have one that has a smiley on it, you know, do those kind of things. And it fits better. You have more layers. And then the high level of protection are the K95 or KN95 masks. Problem with those, if you've worn one all day long, they can be uncomfortable, especially and for children and those with smaller faces, they may not fit as well. So if they're uncomfortable, you're not going to wear it. If they don't fit as well, then think about a surgical mask with a cloth mask over it. But the idea is, again, the bottom line. Any mask is better than no mask. Well, a good point. But, boy, with that double mask, it would be tough to breathe. That's essential. Actually, Breathing actually, is good. It's actually not as hard as you think. Really? You know, I, I double mask. I go out and double mask myself, and it's not that hard to breathe. You don't want to go you know, run a marathon with it, but <laughs> you're just going around about your daily routine. It's not that difficult. Why don't you put out a mask with your face on it? That would be very exciting. That'd be very scary. Well, we're talking to my friend, Dr. John Torres, with NBC News these days. He's been there for a while, but uh, formerly Nine News right here in Denver, Colorado. That's still a local boy. So I was reading today, John, that uh, Pfizer, I believe, is close, maybe March. The new vaccine for Omicron, are we going to get another vaccine? So both Pfizer and Moderna have said that they're working on that variant specific vaccines and in this case it's omicron variant that they're working on and so the next booster shot could have that omicron variant in there again like you mentioned pfizer saying march moderna saying probably in the fall early winter time frame but the thing you have to realize is a couple things one is is this going to be like the flu where every year we get a variant kind of a vaccine which means we'd have to get a shot every year or 
are we getting enough protection now with this? And we don't necessarily need that Omicron variant. And that's what they're looking at right now. And it's about 50-50 on experts going back and forth saying, Maybe we do. Another one saying, you know, I don't know if we necessarily do because it's doing its job at protecting us from dying and being hospitalized. And so we'll have to look at it. But one big thought that, that a lot of experts have, and I agree with them, is we can't keep chasing variants. Yeah. Because variants are going to happen. And we can't just, as one expert put it, we can't vaccinate the world every six months. No. And so it's going to come down to at what point do we say, OK, this is enough protection. We're going to move forward with this. And that's the answer they don't have right now. But that's the answer they're looking into right now. You know, I'm always curious, too, John, that when somebody does test for COVID, how do they know what strain they have? How do the testers even know what strain you have? Murphy, that's a great question. The, so what they do is typically, so if you go test, you get a PCR test or you do that antigen test, you know, the one you get back in 15 minutes, you have no idea. You just you test positive for COVID and you have no idea what variant it is right now. Over 95% are Omicron, so more than likely it is. But the way they do this is they do sentinel surveying. And so they will take a certain percentage, and usually it's around 10% of all the PCR tests that come into the labs in Colorado, and they'll send them up to a central lab, and that lab will do what they call gene typing on it. They'll actually look at the gene sequence to see if they can find that variant. And if they can find that variant, then they say, okay, we know now, you know, let's say that all the samples they get, 3% are that. Then they say, well, it looks like it's 3% of the samples that are out there, so it's probably 3% of the population. Or it's 95%, so it's sure. 95 So they don't do every single one because that would be very hard to do logistically and take too, way too time-consuming and extremely expensive. So they do this surveillance on them, the sentinel surveillance, which works pretty well. Well, that sounds like a good idea. A little complicated for my little brain cells, but yeah, I guess they're out there, <laughs> out there doing that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, it's and, just basically taking a survey. Yeah, well, that's a good thing for them. Uh, Omicron, it kind of moving pretty quick, spreading pretty quick. Does that mean it's going to peak out pretty quick and then move on? Like, how soon do you think it will peak with the holidays over now? Yeah, and that's what we saw in South Africa, where it peaked real quick and came down real quick. It had a huge upslope and a huge downslope, and they call it the ice pick wave instead of being the big waves that we saw last year with Delta. This was what they were calling an ice pick wave. What they're thinking is going to happen here is we're kind of on the ice pick wave. We're still on the upslope here. Haven't started coming down yet, but we think we'll start coming down pretty soon. But we also think that that wave is going to kind of move across the country. And right now it's in the populated areas, particularly on the coast and in the bigger cities. And it's going to start moving. Like if you remember, Delta did this. And, sure. and before that, Beta did it and the wild variant did it where it, it hit the big cities first and then it started hitting the rural communities. And we think that might happen here, too. But we think these waves are going to be very close together. And so my guess is by, you know, Probably in the next two or three weeks, we're going to see us coming off of this and then seeing little spikes throughout the next month or so. And then hopefully we're more calmed down. But the good news is a lot of people are getting it right now, which means a lot of people will be protected from it as well. I was uh, also curious, my wife and I and many of my senior friends, the 70 plus crowd, 65 plus crowd, we had our booster like back in September. And here we are, what, five months later, four months later. Is it going to wear off? Should we think about another booster? Will we have a chance at another booster? Yeah, and right now they're looking at whether we need that extra booster, the fourth shot or not, and the consensus is no, we don't need it at this point because they're finding out that even after that length of period, like I said, years just in September, after that six, seven-month period, it still is giving good protection, and the protection is dropping from like the 90s to the 80s kind of protection. And so it's – and when you talk about the protection number dropping, it's dropping for people getting what we call symptomatic illness, meaning you get the sniffles, you feel like you have the flu – 
it's still staying high at protecting people from what I've talked to as the big three, the serious illness, hospitalizations, and deaths. And that's still in the 90s range, which is great because yeah. it's still giving us protection from what we want. You might get sick. You might fill into the weather, but you're not going to die if you're fully vaccinated and have a booster. And that's the good news. Well, I need some more good news from you because I was glad we had a chance to talk today. When they uh, changed the recommendations for, like, returning to work or whatever after only five days, I mean, how long are you really contagious? Five days seems short to me. Yeah, and that's what's causing a lot of controversy right now because we came out with that five-day recommendation, but they didn't include testing. And then when they came back and re-recommended, they said, well, you know, testing should probably be part of that, but it's difficult because if I don't know if you've tried to get tests, but they're very hard to get right now, you know, especially the, the rapid ones you could used to be able to buy at the pharmacies or the, the, the shelves are wiped completely clear of them. But the reason they did that is because with Omicron, what they found out is you start feeling, you start being able to spread the virus, give it to somebody else one to two days before symptoms start and two to three days after symptoms start. And so that's the five day period. And they said, well, let's go with five days and go from there. Problem is, they the reason they did five days is because they wanted people to get back in the workplace, and a lot of people jumped on that and said, "Wait a minute, we should be looking at public health, not public health, and mixing it with the work environment." You know, do we need to get people back to work? But you know, when you look at the overall global picture, part of public health is being able to you know feed your family, being able to have the mental health of you know being able to have a stable mental health of being able to go back to work and socialize, and kids going back to school, and so you know they're looking at a bigger picture. It's still controversial. They're trying to work that testing part in there, too. And what they do in England is it's a seven-day quarantine. And after seven days, the only way you get out of quarantine at day seven is if you test negative at day six and day seven. And then you can leave. We didn't incorporate that, but I think you're going to start seeing more movement towards that, especially now that the government is saying they're going to have tests available for everybody. Well, that's true. That Looking forward to that, which they're setting their website up, I guess, here in a couple of weeks, and so we get the free one. So that's a good thing. So, John, before I let you go here, of course, the question everybody wants to know, and I'm putting you on the spot here, will things ever get back to the way they were before COVID? Yeah, June 12th, 2022 <laughs> is going to be... <laughs> Don't be a smart aleck on me now. Come on. <laughs> there, it, it, it will get back there. And as I've said since day one, this pandemic will end. It's driven mostly by human behavior. And so the more we follow these guidelines, the sooner it will end. And that means the more we get, the sooner we get vaccinated at high percentages, and we're not quite there yet. At the same time, realizing that these variants are going to keep coming through as long as the virus is around and keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't turn into a variant that's kind of a combination of Omicron and Delta because that can cause a problem. And I don't know if you heard, there was some speculation that there might have been a mixed variant out there that's not true. It didn't happen. Good. But at the same at the same time, I think we're going to see it slowly wind down. I think there's going to be some things that are going to be in place. I think we'll be carrying masks for a while. And every now and then there'll be an outbreak and we'll bring things back to, to try and keep things under control. But I think for the most part, by summertime, I think we'll be back to – you know, fairly normal, hopefully. Oh, that's great news. Dr. John Torres, NBC News, formerly with Nine News. Thank you for sharing some time, John. I know you're busy, and take care of you and your family. You bet, Murph. All right. Good talking to you. You too. And you guys, too. Hang on now. It's Mile High Magazine. We'll be right back with more.